your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 625 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, there's something that I've really been wanting to get to in this offseason. I mean, there's a lot of things that we eventually want to cover here and talk about in great detail on this podcast. But one thing that we got to talk about right here, right now, is Patrick Nemeth, the developing Patrick Nemeth situation that the Rangers have on their hands and what the Rangers can and should and ultimately will do with Patrick Nemeth this offseason. The reason we have to talk about this right here, right now, is because once the Stanley Cup final concludes, uh, 48 hours after it concludes, in fact, the buyout window is open and teams around the league are able to buy out certain players that they choose to buy out. And obviously, with Patrick Nemeth, he is certainly a candidate for a buyout. And as I'm recording this, it's Friday morning. The Avalanche lead the Lightning three games to one in the Stanley Cup Finals, so uh, the season could be over as soon as Saturday night. We'll see what happens there. But it's possible by the next time, the next episode that we do here, that Patrick Nemeth could have been bought out by then. Depends on when I record and stuff like that as well. But uh, yeah, the bottom line, that's something that's certainly on the table at this point for the Rangers. Buying him out is an option that they have moving forward. If they just want to wash their hands clean of the entire situation and move on without Patrick Nemeth next season, there's some other options as well. One of them is you simply keep Patrick Nemeth on your roster and basically just hope and keep your fingers crossed that he quite simply plays better hockey for the Rangers next year than he did for this season that just concluded. And the third and I think final option, to me there's three options here, is you trade Patrick Nemeth, which would be tricky. Uh, We will get to all three of those options in due time here today. But first, I think a quick recap is in order of, you know, Patrick Nemeth coming over to the Rangers and everything that has happened since that occurred. Uh, Obviously, this past offseason, you know, the Rangers, they didn't really make any splashy moves, but they made some quality moves that I think made this team better, you know, acquiring Ryan Reeves, acquiring Barclay Goodrow, and also acquiring Patrick Nemeth. I thought the Nemeth thing would work out a little bit better than it did. Those were uh, just a couple of moves that the Rangers made during this offseason. Also, you know, smaller moves, Dryden Hunt, Jared Tenorti, guys that were never going to have massive roles on this team. But we'll keep the focus on Patrick Nemeth for today. Uh, They bring him in on a three-year, $7.5 million deal. His contract also includes a limited no-move clause, wherein Nemeth can block a trade to eight different NHL teams. So if the Rangers are going to trade him, obviously they're a little bit more limited than they would be with other players that they're trying to trade. You know, you can still work with 23 teams, and uh, certainly a trade would at least be feasible. We'll get to the trade concept in a second, but uh, I do want to start, like I said, with just an overview of everything that happened. So Nemeth comes in, first season with the Rangers, 63 games, two goals, five assists, a total of seven points. That's fine. He's not here to get points. We accept that. Uh, He was also a minus nine, had 28 penalty minutes, 52 shots on goal, averaged 16 minutes and 38 seconds of ice time per night, had 115 hits and 102 block shots. So beyond the numbers, Nemeth was primarily brought here to New York to be the veteran defenseman 
and to kind of, you know, just play like a veteran defenseman and kind of be the big brother among a very, very young and very, very inexperienced group of defensemen on the Ranger blue line. I mean, Jacob Trouba is the only other player that even resembles a veteran, and even he was only 27 at the start of this past season. So Nemeth was 29. He was brought in to kind of be the elder statesman of the blue line and just play decent, acceptable, passable hockey. He was basically not able to do that. Uh, again, somebody who, when he was signed, I think all of us knew that this is somebody that has a very limited ceiling, but I think we also assumed that he's somebody that has an extremely safe floor. You know, Patrick Nemeth, former second-round draft pick. He's been in the league for quite some time. He's had some decent to good seasons during his time in the league, playing with a couple of different teams, most recently the Colorado Avalanche before, you know, coming to New York. Um, so again, you know, you're not expecting Nemeth to make the all-star team, but you expect competent, steady play from someone who is supposed to be a, you know, decent stay-at-home defenseman, somebody that could just kind of round out your third pairing. And as we look back on this now, yes, Nemeth did indeed have a very limited ceiling. Uh, Nemeth, at his absolute best this past season, was mediocre, just very, very mediocre. Nemeth, at his absolute worst, though, and again, he was supposed to have a safe floor. Nemeth, at his absolute worst, was a disaster. And there were times where I thought fan complaints, you know, early in the season about Patrick Nemeth on Twitter were a little bit exaggerated. I mean, he struggled a little bit, but, you know, certain fans would have you thinking that this is the worst player in the history of the NHL. I thought people were overdoing it a little bit, um, but it never really got any better, and he was a complete disaster in the playoffs, which was kind of my breaking point. You know, he ended up playing only five playoff games for the Rangers. That was the five games against Pittsburgh, the first five games of that series. And really, it was four of the seven games because in game five, yeah, the Rangers dressed Patrick Nemeth, but he never saw the ice until the final 15 seconds of game five when the Rangers had a two-goal lead. The only reason Nemeth was dressed for that game is because Ryan Lindgren was out there playing through an injury. So obviously, you want a little bit of a safety net. If Ryan Lindgren tries to gut it out, but then he has to leave the game five minutes in. You don't want to have to go with five defensemen the rest of the way when you're facing elimination. So it made sense to dress Nemeth in that game, but he was never going to play uh, unless you know there was in an injury to Nem or to Lindgren, excuse me, or to one of the other Ranger defensemen. So for all intents and purposes, Nemeth basically played four playoff games for the Rangers, and in that time, he took four penalties. He was a minus four, and he was terrible. I, I can't sugarcoat it. He was not good at all. Uh, the Rangers were severely compromised every single time that Nemeth was on the ice. And like I said, this was kind of my breaking point when it came to Patrick Nemeth. By this point, I had just had enough. Obviously, the Rangers were down three games to one. No Ranger fans were in a good mood at that point anyway. And when you've got a defenseman who's just a tremendous liability, as Nemeth was, it's going to draw your ire a little bit. And man, just get this guy off the ice already, right? Um, fortunately uh, for the Rangers, they acquired Justin Braun at the trade deadline. And he came over and basically was what Nemeth was supposed to be. He was just a steady veteran defenseman, nothing flashy, nothing that really jumps off the page when he's out there, but just a steady pair of hands and somebody that can kind of anchor your bottom defense pairing. And that's what Braun was able to do. Nemeth was not able to do that, certainly not in the playoffs and not for the vast majority of the regular season either. And after game five against Pittsburgh, the game where he played a grand total of 15 seconds, Nemeth never dressed again uh, the rest of the way for the Rangers. But, you know, you look back at this, at least through one season, this was not a good signing for the Rangers. By far and away, the biggest misstep of Chris Drury uh, since he has become the Ranger general manager. And now the Rangers have a real mess on their hands because they're up against the cap this offseason, and Nemeth is still under contract for two more years at $2.5 million a pop. And this leads us into kind of the meat and potatoes of today's episode, and that is the three options that the Rangers have with how to handle Patrick Nemeth moving forward. Once again, the three options. 
One, you bring him back and just hope for better results. Two, you trade him. Three, you buy him out. And we'll start with the bring him back option. Let's get that one out of the way because I, I swear I can already hear some of you guys groaning as soon as I mention that. Um, I will say, let's lay out a couple things that we can say in defense of Patrick Nemeth. This won't take all that long, but there were a couple of factors that were certainly working against him to the point where you could at least believe that he could have a better sophomore season in New York. For starters, how could he not have a better sophomore season in New York? This past year was just not good any way you slice it. Uh, really just a poor season. And sometimes for a team, for an individual player, there's nowhere to go but up. I think that that we have an example of that right here. On top of that, it's sometimes difficult when you're reacclimating to a new city, a new team, a new coach, new teammates, a new system. Patrick Nemeth had to deal with all that. Now, again, he's supposed to be the veteran defenseman, the guy that can handle all these things. He was not able to do that. But those were certain factors that you could at least say, well, that that's working against Nemeth a little bit. Sometimes when a guy's on a new team, it does take a little while uh, to really get comfortable and really get acclimated with his new surroundings and his new teammates and his new coaches the whole nine yards. On top of that, there was another factor. I mentioned this once or twice during the season. Nemeth had a complete revolving door of defense partners on that third pairing. If you look at the other two pairings, you know, Fox and Lindgren, they're pretty much joined at the hip. Truba and Miller, they're pretty much joined at the hip. All four of those guys had strong seasons for the Rangers, and, you know, at least part of that, not, not the whole reason, but part of the reason for their success, I think, is that, you know, those two pairings have very good chemistry, they have big-time trust, they're very, very used to playing with each other, and they all complement each other very well among those two pairings there. With Nemeth, and this is just off the top of my head here, these are the defensemen that he had to play with this past season. And again, there was a revolving door. You had Tenorti, Hayek, Lundqvist, Jones, Schneider, Braun, even Adam Fox. You know, there was a time where Lindgren was out of the lineup and they put Fox and uh, Nemeth together. Not that playing with Fox is a bad thing, but it's certainly, it's a, just another defense partner that he had to get used to playing with. And there were also times where he would play with Jacob Truba, either on the penalty kill or toward the end of games when the Rangers were trying to protect a lead. So uh, again, this is something that he has to be able to handle. That's the whole idea. He's the veteran defenseman. He can handle things like this. He wasn't able to do it, but that was another factor working against him. He never really got to play with the same defenseman for all that long. And if he's back next season, I think there's a very good chance you know, if he's in the lineup, if he's able to crack the lineup and play well enough to stay in the lineup, I think there's a very good chance that he'll be out there with Braden Schneider for pretty much the entire season. I mean, Braden Schneider's not going anywhere. So uh, I think that would be your pairing. And I think Nemeth did the, the least he can say about him. I think he played better with Braden Schneider than he did with any of his other defense partners last season. I realize that's setting the bar kind of low, but still, I, I think he was better with Schneider than he was with anybody else that I just mentioned. Um, finally, he just had kind of a weird season away from the ice. You know, he was he had an injury and then COVID, but then it was not a COVID-related illness. It was just a different kind of illness. And then he was out for personal reasons. And no, he's not actually out for personal reasons. He's actually injured. This went on and on and on throughout the entire season. We never really knew for sure. And I, I still don't think we know what exactly was happening here. You know, Galan, I, I think for a while, they would say that he was hurt or they would say that he, you know, had something personal going on to avoid giving him the designation of a healthy scratch, maybe Gallant not wanting to embarrass a veteran player. That's at least possible, but by the end of the season, there was no hiding it. You know, Patrick Nemeth was a healthy scratch toward the end of the regular season fairly often, and after playing in the, at least appearing in the first five playoff games against Pittsburgh, he didn't see the ice again. He was a healthy scratch for the rest of it. So 
I don't really know what was going on there, but I would imagine you know he'll have a less chaotic season uh, away from the ice as far as you know injuries and illnesses and personal stuff and whatever else is going on. Because again, how could he not, right? So as far as bringing him back, look, if the Rangers believe last season was a fluke and that Nemeth is bound to play at least a little bit better this season and they think they can still manage the salary cap without offloading Nemeth and his $2.5 million cap hit, then there's at least a chance they roll the dice and give him another shot. It's probably not what I would do, especially when you consider that bring Nemeth back would block certain defensemen, guys like Zach Jones, Nils Lundqvist, can maybe throw Matthew Robertson in there as well. It would block all those guys from potentially getting a chance to play in the NHL, which is not something that you want to do. I mean, people are anxious to see these guys play. And, you know, Jones certainly has flashed some ability the last couple of seasons. Lundqvist struggled, but former first-round pick, you want to get him another crack at it eventually. And Matthew Robertson, by all accounts, has played very well in the AHL. So, yeah, I don't know that Nemeth being there is, is all that good for that reason, too, because he's blocking a young, promising defenseman from cracking the NHL roster. So I think you're probably better off with either a trade or a buyout. We will get to those possibilities in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Okay, trading Patrick Nemeth. This is not going to be easy, as we already talked about in the intro for today's episode, due to the very simple fact that he has uh, another $2.5 million per season owed to him for two more years. And, you know, there's a lot of people that think, oh, just trade him, just trade him. Well, for everybody saying that, put yourself in the shoes of a rival NHL GM. Would you really want to acquire Patrick Nemeth right now after the season that he just had? And if Nemeth had just had the season that he just had for some other team, would you want the Rangers to trade for him? Probably not. So it's certainly not going to be easy. And I think to get somebody to acquire Patrick Nemeth in any deal, you're not going to get really anything in return. It's another situation where you're going to have to sweeten the pot a little bit just to get somebody to take Patrick Nemeth and his contract off of your hands. And the best way to do that is probably to attach a draft pick along with Patrick Nemeth. That probably sounds familiar uh, to something that the Rangers did a couple of years ago with Mark Stahl, and we'll talk about that more in a second. But as for Patrick Nemeth, yeah, I think if you want to get a team to absorb his contract, take him off of your hands, and basically allow the Rangers to free up a little bit of cap space, then that's probably the road you're going to have to go down. You're going to have to give up probably at least a second-round draft pick uh, to get a team to agree to do that. You know, if there's a team that doesn't really fancy itself Stanley Cup contenders for next season, then maybe they're a little bit more willing to do this because, okay, well, we take this defenseman. He's coming off of a bad season, but we get a second-round draft pick along with him. That can help us with our rebuild. And as far as Nemeth himself, we just hope for the best, hope that he turns turns it around and can at least play mediocre hockey. 
And I mentioned Mark Stahl a second ago because a couple of off-seasons ago, the Rangers traded Mark Stahl to the Detroit Red Wings, and they basically did exactly what I just mentioned there. Uh, they attached a second-round draft pick with Mark Stahl, traded him to the Detroit Red Wings, and took nothing, basically, in return uh, for that second-round pick and for Mark Stahl. And the reason the Rangers did that is because they were ready to move on. They were ready to open up a spot on the blue line, and they just didn't want to pay Mark Stahl his contract any longer. And so if you're Detroit, I mean, they were coming off of just a historically terrible season. Mark Stahl only had one year left on his contract. And you figure if you're Detroit, okay, well, we'll take this guy in for one year, and we'll take the second-round draft pick that comes with it. We'll hope for the best for Mark Stahl while he's here, but it'll probably be bye-bye to him uh, either at the trade deadline this year, you know, the Red Wings could have flipped him somewhere else, or at the end of this season when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Now, of course, with Mark Stahl, it didn't quite turn out that way. Against all odds, he's actually seemingly found a home in Detroit, or at least he did for the following season, because the Red Wings, instead of either trading him at the deadline that year or letting him walk in free agency, they actually re-signed him to a one-year, $2 million deal. They seem to like him from a leadership perspective. You know, obviously that's a very young team in Detroit and good for Mark Stahl. I'm glad that it worked out for him uh, to a certain extent, at least with the Detroit Red Wings. But that also is a very, very big difference here. It's one thing to try to get a team to, you know, we'll use Mark Stahl as the example here, to acquire a player along with a high draft pick if that player only has one year left on his deal. You can basically just bite the bullet and say, okay, well, he might not play that well for us, but we're getting the high draft pick. That's what we really want. And we don't have any kind of a long-term commitment to this player that we don't really want that we're getting in the trade. With Patrick Nemeth, he doesn't have one year left on his contract. He has two years left on his contract. So to get a team to take him in for two years, if said team isn't really expecting big things from him and they don't really see him as a true part of their future, that's a little bit of a tougher sell, uh, certainly to the decision makers of that team and also the fan base. I mean, if you've got a team, like, let me look at the standings board here, like the Kraken or the Coyotes or the Ducks, one of these teams has kind of been down in the uh, standings here. Look, eventually you want to get things going. You want to, you know, see a rebuild through, or in the case of the Kraken, just a build, I guess. And you don't want to be weighed down by having Patrick Nemeth on your team for two years when you don't really see him as part of the long-term solution. And again, one year is one thing. You know, just taking on a bad contract for one year, taking on a bad contract for two years, that's a really, really tough sell. And so, again, it is not going to be easy to get somebody, uh, if you're the Rangers, to take this guy off of your hands. I think there is one other route the Rangers could look to go down here, though, as far as, you know, potentially basically just cutting ties with Patrick Nemeth in a trade and basically just giving him away, giving him to another team and saying, here, you guys pay him. We don't want anything in return. Uh, he's all yours. There's one other Ranger that is almost certain to be traded this offseason, I think probably more so than any other player on the New York Rangers. And this player, unlike Patrick Nemeth right now, actually does have some trade value, and that would, of course, be Alex Georgiev. Now, let's go through the history real quick here. Alex Georgiev, this past offseason, requested a trade by the Rangers. By all accounts, he wasn't, like, demanding a trade and, you know, just was absolutely livid and throwing a fit and this, that, and the other thing. It was framed as a soft trade request. He would like to be traded. The Rangers didn't end up trading him because at the time, you know, the Rangers weren't really that close to the salary cap. They could afford to pay Alex Georgiev, I believe it was $2.5 million, and, uh, you know, have him there as the backup goalie. But from Georgiev's perspective, you can certainly understand it because he'd like to at least have a chance to be a starting goalie in this league, and he's not going to get that chance with the New York Rangers, and I think we all know why. Um, but as far as, you know, Georgiev being traded this offseason, I'm wondering if maybe there's a situation where the Rangers could package Alex Georgiev and Patrick Nemeth together, send them both to a team 
that is in need of a goalie. And I think the team that really jumps off the page to me, and it's a team that I've mentioned in the past, is the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers made it all the way to the Western Conference final this past season, despite having basically just abysmal goaltending. Even an average goalie would have at least given them a chance, a chance to beat the Avalanche. With Mike Smith in net and, you know, Koskinen as the backup, they didn't have a chance. So Edmonton, it's a team of all the contending teams around this league and of all the teams that are being held back by their goaltending situation, they are the top of the mountain, the cream of the crop. So I think if you're a team like the Edmonton Oilers, you would certainly have at least some interest in bringing in Alex Georgiev. I think it'd be a great landing spot for Georgie as well. Now, if you're the Oilers, would you do this if it also entailed, you know, you basically get Alex Georgiev for free as long as the Rangers also include Patrick Nemeth. You have to in order to acquire Georgiev, if you're the Oilers, you also have to take on the contract of Patrick Nemeth. You get both of them, and in return to the Rangers, you send them maybe like a seventh-round draft pick or something like that, something that just doesn't really matter that much. Now, on one hand, it would kind of be unfortunate if you're the Rangers because this is the one guy that you have, Alex Georgiev, that has some trade value, and you should be able to get something you know fairly significant in return for him, but... Is it worth it if you're the Rangers to forego a good return on Alex Georgiev if you can also package Patrick Nemeth with Georgiev and just be done with Nemeth? I think it actually could be. It's unfortunate that, you know, Georgiev won't fetch the Rangers anything significant in return if Patrick Nemeth is also included in the trade. There were rumors, uh, you know, during the offseason last year that Jury could have had maybe a third rounder in exchange for Alex Georgiev, and he balked at it at the time. But again, if you package Alex Georgiev and Patrick Nemeth together, just like the Rangers, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, packaged a second-round draft pick with Mark Stahl, then you could basically just, you know, jettison yourself of both Georgiev and Nemeth. The Rangers can't hang on to Georgiev anyway. He's going to be too expensive. They are going to need to go the cheap route with a backup goalie, and we'll talk about some backup goalie options for the Rangers uh, in a future episode. But again, this could be a good way, if you're the Rangers, to wash your hands clean of the Patrick Nemeth contract. Once again, putting the two of them together packaging them together, setting them somewhere together, and taking next to nothing in return. Not 100% ideal, but it is a way to move on from Patrick Nemeth. And one other thing that I should mention here before we uh, turn our attention to the possibility of a Patrick Nemeth buyout, you know, I see a lot of people online and, you know, you, you look at what the Rangers might do this offseason. And you know, there's a lot of people saying like, oh, well, you know, if they trade Georgiev and they trade Nemeth, they're both making two and a half million. Man, that's $5 million in cap space. Not really, because... Alex Georgiev right now is not currently counting against the New York Rangers salary cap because he is a restricted free agent. He doesn't really have a contract right now. And Patrick Nemeth, yeah, he's under contract for $2.5 million, but if the Rangers trade him or buy him out or whatever it might be, he is going to have to be replaced because the Rangers, if you include Nemeth, they only have six defensemen currently on their NHL roster. So if you trade Nemeth and his $2.5 million contract, the NHL league minimum salary right now is $750,000, and you would have to, at the very least, if you're the Rangers, go out and find a $750,000 defenseman and replace Nemeth that way. So $2.5 million minus $750K, that would be a net savings on the salary cap of $1.75 million if Nemeth is, you know, traded away. I think what's more likely that the Rangers would do, rather than, you know, bring in a really, really cheap veteran, is they would probably just give that spot to one of the kids on there, you know, on their roster, in their pipeline, whether that's Zach Jones, uh, Nils Lundqvist, Matthew Robertson, and those players will be making, I believe it's $925,000. If you're still hearing this, that's the number. I have to double check it. But that, in that case, you know, you would have 
Patrick Nemeth's $2.5 million salary minus the $925,000. And that would be a net savings of $1.575 million against the cap. So it's not nothing. I mean, it helps a little bit, but it's not quite as significant as I think a lot of people uh, believe that it will be. Once again, if the Rangers are able to, in one way or another, move on from Patrick Nemeth and get somebody else to absorb his contract. And we have one more option to talk about. That is the possibility of a Patrick Nemeth buyout. And we will get to that in just a second. All right, and then the third and final option with Patrick Nemeth is a buyout, and this is how it kind of shakes out if the Rangers look to go down that road. And once again, the buyout window does open 48 hours after the conclusion of the NHL season. So if the Avalanche win the Cup on Saturday night, we could be talking about this as soon as, you know, Monday, Monday's episode or, you know, whatever it might be. We'll we'll see how long the Stanley Cup final continues here. But uh, as far as the ramifications of this, if the Rangers were to buy out Patrick Nemeth, then they would save $1.5 million against the salary cap for this upcoming season. There would be no cap penalty for the season after that, 2023-2024. And then there would be a $1 million cap penalty each year for 2024-2025, as well as 2025-2026. This according to our friends over at Cap Friendly. So that's an option. You can go down that road if you need to. I don't really mind it that much. I mean, the Rangers, I swear, they must buy out more players than any team in the NHL. But... In this case, it's not a terrible option because you're only paying, you're only being cost $1 million against the cap for two seasons going forward. That would be 2024, 2025, as well as 2025, 2026. It's not nothing, but the Rangers should be able to maneuver themselves uh, in a way that that extra million dollars that they can't spend because it's a million dollars in dead cap space, uh, they should be able to, to figure it out, I would think. You never know for sure. Sometimes teams are really tied up against the cap. The Rangers are going to be tied up against the cap. But I don't think that a buyout of Patrick Nemeth would cripple the Rangers financially going forward. And while we're on the subject of, you know, buyouts and dead cap space, I figure I might as well go ahead and bring everybody up to speed on this as well. And that is uh, the very simple fact that the Rangers, as far as dead cap is concerned, they are still paying, uh, you know, buyout money to three different players. That would be Kevin Shattenkirk. He is owed $1.433 million for this upcoming season. That would also be Dan Girardi, who is owed $1.11 million for this upcoming season. And that would also be Tony D'Angelo, who is owed $883,000 for this upcoming season. The good news about this, that totals $3.427 million. This is the final year of buyout money and thus dead cap being paid to these three players. And that dead cap will be off the books come 2023-2024. So that will be an extra $3.427 million that the Rangers can play with at that point. Of course, that's assuming that they don't buy out Patrick Nemeth, which they could. But the good news about Patrick Nemeth, again, you would save $1.5 million this season. There would be no cap penalty for the following season. And then just $1 million each for the two seasons after that. That's something that I think could be worth it. Again, the $1 million buyouts being paid you know, down the down the road and, and the dead cap space that is a result of that, it's not something that should financially cripple the Rangers and you know result in them not being able to pay certain players. You never know for sure. And every little bit counts, especially in the NHL when the salary cap is you know quite a bit tighter than most of the other sports. But $1 million is something that the Rangers uh, should be able to handle uh, going going forward down the road here. We, we'll see how it all shakes out. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I definitely don't want the Rangers to just hang on to Patrick Nemeth. I just, the way he played this season, I just don't know how much better it's going to be next year. I'm torn between 
the buyout that we just discussed and the idea of trading him and attaching him to another player or another draft draft pick, excuse me, whether it's Alex Georgiev or maybe a Ranger prospect and kind of washing your hands of Patrick Nemeth that way. I kind of prefer, God, I, I really am torn. I think right now, and check back with me tomorrow because I might, I might have a completely different take on this. I think right now I'm kind of leaning toward the buyout because it's not going to cost you that much. It saves some money this year when the Rangers could really use a, a couple extra dollars, you know, play around with and maybe re-sign one of their uh, more important unrestricted free agents. Look, buying out Patrick Nemeth, if you do it this year, could be the difference between, uh, you know, being able to re-sign an Andrew Kopp or a Frank Vitrano or not being able to do so. I realize, you know, trading him opens up that possibility as well. But if you can, again, be done with Patrick Nemeth, and not have it also cost you, you know, either a prospect in a trade or a high draft pick in a trade, then I think that that's something that the Rangers should strongly consider. I mean, the trade, again, it's on the option. But I think right now, given the fact that the Rangers won't be hurt too much by buying out Patrick Nemeth, I think that might be the way to go. I'm really torn between that and the idea of trading him along with, once again, either a prospect or a draft pick or maybe Alex Georgiev. I mean, you could trade Alex Georgiev and Nemeth together because, again, you know, the Rangers are going to have to trade Georgiev one way or the other. But if you trade the two of them together, then you're not going to get anything back in exchange for Alex Georgiev. If you deal Alex Georgiev in a separate trade, then you could probably get yourself, you know, at least a third round pick for that. So I think I'm kind of in camp buyout right now. I, I know the Rangers kind of do this a little too often. And, and, you know, that's not always the best sign when you're buying out players left and right. But I think that's the way I'm leaning. And again, check back with me tomorrow. Maybe I'll be, uh, you know, feeling a trade more at that point. But right now, I think a buyout of Patrick Nemeth is the, uh, the option that makes the most sense. So I definitely wanted to, like I said, spend an entire episode talking about this because it is a big uh, offseason storyline for the Rangers and it could affect other things that they end up doing in this offseason. The only other thing that I wanted to mention real quick here at the end of the episode is these rumors that are suddenly jumping up on Twitter, basically as I'm recording this episode, that you know Chris Jury was, was really unhappy with Artemi Panarin and he was vocal about his unhappiness with Artemi Panarin when the playoffs ended. And, you know, now there, there could be a rift there and, you know, Panarin might want to be traded. I don't believe any of this. This is stuff that I haven't really seen from any uh, reputable source on Twitter, at least not yet. Uh, I have no doubt that Chris Jury was a little bit frustrated with Artemi Panarin's performance, just like we were. And obviously he needs to do better next time around in the playoffs, even in a postseason where Artemi Panarin really scuffled, he still ends up with 16 points in 20 games. And I realize the points don't necessarily make up for the games where he was a ghost. They don't make up for the completely unnecessary turnovers, the sloppy, you know, puck handling, whatever it might be. Um, but if that's Artemi Panarin at his absolute worst, still getting 16 points in 20 games, then that's not the kind of player that you should be trading away. You know, Artemi Panarin is a superstar, bare minimum, a top 10 player in this league. And I just think that, uh, you know, you'd, you'd be crazy to move on from this guy. I really do. So uh, to me, it's a nothing story. I could have talked about that today, made that the focus of the episode, just gone with a really clickbait title like OMG, Panarin, once out of New York. I, I don't believe any of that for a second. Obviously, we'll keep our eye on it. It's something that I might discuss in, in greater detail in a future episode if there proves to be a, a little bit more to this story than we're currently seeing. But as far as, you know, the go-to Ranger reporters, I haven't seen any of them mention this. So as of right now, yeah. I would say we should all probably be taking this with a grain of salt at best. So we'll keep our eye on it. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.
Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about some more New York Ranger impending unrestricted free agents, and we are going to focus mostly on Andrew Kopp and talk about if there's a fit and a way for the Rangers to bring him back next season. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.